the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information that you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm so excited to be joined by Galen Hare, the owner of Insurance Claim HQ. It is a property casualty insurance attorney operating in more than seven states, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi. That's quite a few. And they are unique, as we, as you will hear in just a moment from uh, Galen himself. Again, Galen is the, uh, the founder, the owner of, the, uh, of Insurance Claim HQ, uh, an incredible organization. And certainly, I'm looking forward to picking uh, Galen's, uh, Galen's brain a little bit on the uh, topic of insurance, which is a hot topic now in the beginning of this new year. Galen Harrow, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. So I like to get to know the person behind the microphone. So I know you are, uh, you are a uh, very successful attorney and you've actually been rated as a super lawyer's rising star and voted one of the national trial lawyers top 100. So what interested you in this line of work and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So it was kind of a combination of ethics and morality, I guess, with upbringing, right? So I was up in Boston studying music definitely not headed down this path at all and hurricane katrina hit new orleans which i'm not from and i just decided it was kind of my opportunity i wanted to go down i wanted to help so i gutted houses and helped out there and then just was surrounded by all these people that had just absolutely been taken advantage of by their insurance companies and i kind of felt this calling so went to law school and ended up sitting here in front of you today (laughs) <laughs> and you have been described as an aggressive and relentless litigator. And I know, like we said, we're, you're, you're licensed in multiple states. So uh, I'm really curious about this whole idea of insurance. I know you've become somewhat of an expert on this idea of certainly property insurance based on what inspired you to get into this line of work, but also insurance fraud. So why are insurance claims currently not benefiting the consumer? So... The long story short is back in the 90s, a very, very large insurance company, one of the ones you see advertised all the time, decided that they needed to make more money. So they hired a big consultant company and they figured out that if you don't actually pay your insurance claims, go figure, you save a lot of money. And unfortunately, then we had the economic crash in 2008, 2009. So all those executives went to all these other carriers. And 10 years later, after that crash, we find ourselves in a situation where carriers kind of take this 
wait and see approach to paying claims as opposed to actually trying to get you back to where you were before the accident or the fire or the flood or whatever has changed your life for the worse. Hmm. Wow. Um, and again, uh, now I'm clearly understanding, uh, I hear the passion in your voice and uh, I know your passion for helping people, helping uh, the rights of policyholders and so on, which leads me to the next topic, which is insurance fraud. That might not be a term that everybody talks about until you start talking about it. And then it's something you know very, very well. So define it for our listeners. What is insurance fraud and how can people protect themselves from it? So the truthful most basic definition of insurance fraud is anyone lying or making a misrepresentation to benefit as the result of an insurance transaction. But it's harder than that. What you think of, if you're listening, when you hear insurance fraud is your house burning down and saying, hey, I had a bunch of big flat screen TVs when I really had little tube televisions. That is insurance fraud, 100%. What also is insurance fraud is when an insurance carrier intentionally lies or makes misrepresentations to avoid paying you. And that's the part that people forget about. And look, if you commit insurance fraud and you lie about your TVs, you should absolutely get in trouble for that. No But if you hire a bunch of people to lie so you don't have to pay, you should also be in trouble. And that's an area where we've been really successful in our practice is kind of pointing out that fraud and using that fraud to actually combat the carriers and ultimately get our clients relief. Wow. I'm chatting with Galen Hare, the owner of Insurance Claim HQ. Again, we said an aggressive, relentless litigator um, who uh, entered into uh, certainly law school and and this uh, very successful practice with... uh, with your partner um, uh, at Insurance Claim uh, HQ, uh, protecting, uh, again, families, business, property. And we, uh, we've we been chatting a little bit about insurance claims and what's right about it, what's wrong with it. We've talked about insurance fraud. Uh, so I'm curious, now getting into the topic for homeowners, um, many, uh, many homeowners have a mortgage. Why, Galen, should you never let your mortgage company purchase your property insurance for Why is that a bad practice? So everyone thinks, I I can't tell you how many calls I get where people say, well, I just got the mortgage company to get my insurance for me. They know what I need. That's false. They know what they need. So a lot of mortgage companies purchase insurance that doesn't cover your belongings, your contents. And those carriers will often just name the mortgage company as the insured. So in many states, you won't even have a right to file a suit or do anything if they haven't properly paid. And we see this all the time. Things like fires burn a house all the way down to the ground. We know it's going to cost $200,000 to fix that house. And that carrier will pay fifteen, twenty thousand. dollars Well, if the mortgage company has only owed twenty, thirty thousand, the mortgage company really has no incentive to hire a lawyer and file suit. So they'll just let it go, and you'll be completely up a creek without a paddle because you're not the actual beneficiary of that policy. Oh wow, wow! And I want to change gears here for a moment, Galen. Um, we're talking obviously to small business owners, to entrepreneurs, uh, which you are yourself as well. So I'm just curious in your in your experience. Obviously, it sounds like you've been on this journey of a lifetime in terms of uh, protecting people, in terms of doing what you're passionate about, and you've done quite well in the process. What is that one business tip that you have for people tuning in from anywhere around the world? Yeah, so. The biggest thing that we've kind of founded our business on when it when it comes to finances and things like that 
is strategic planning. And, and I, that sounds broad, but it's so important because what happens is we end up in this reactive environment. We purchase something because we need something. We hire someone because we need someone. And if you do not take that time as a business owner to step away from your business and engage in real strategic planning, whether that's hiring coaches, getting the right people, like we know where we're going for the next seven years as I sit here today. And if you don't know that, it's very, very hard to grow your business absent just being lucky. <laughs> and I was about to ask, where do you see, uh, where do you see everything that you're building in seven years? And, and certainly, I don't want to get into your business plans per se, but I'm curious, where do you see the, this, this industry when we're talking about insurance, when we're talking about even contractors and adjusters, what do you see changing perhaps by 2030? Yeah, so by 2030, insurance is going to look similar to this, but add another 10 years to that 2040 and insurance will not look like the way it looks today. Between climate change, as much as people want to ignore that, insurance companies are having bigger and bigger problems dealing with mass catastrophes. That's a big deal. And when you add to that the fact that from a regulatory standpoint, the lobbies for the insurance companies are just absolutely kicking the American consumer's butt and getting bad faith statutes rolled back, getting more protections for insurance companies and less protections for homeowners and business owners, I think you're going to see a lot of policies that don't provide a lot of coverage, and you're going to see a lot of laws that don't really protect you. So absent some real aggressive lobbying by the consumers, I think we're going to see insurance with very little bite in 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. Again, we're hearing it from the expert himself, Galen Hare. We're going to share, uh, of course, Galen's contact information in just a moment. But in the last minute that I have you, um, Galen, I'm curious again for uh, the consumers, uh, both business owners as well as families, how do you pick a contractor uh, when it comes to, uh, to working on your home and working on some of those many, many projects that seem to always pile up? Carefully. Um, I, look, the stories of contractor fraud are out there. The best thing you can do is look them up, make sure they're licensed, ask for real references. And then unfortunately, some of it is a smell test. But the more references you can get, as well as verification of license and insurance, you're sitting better than 80% of the consumers out there. Galen, I've had fun with this. I've learned a lot and hopefully our listeners have as well. I want to make sure um, that we get in touch with you because I know you've got a wealth of knowledge and information on your website. So uh, in our final couple of seconds remaining, how can people learn more about you and your team on everything, uh, property insurance and uh, property claims? So the website's a great resource. We have a bunch of videos up there too that help you learn kind of what you need to know if you're going through an insurance claim. That's www.insuranceclaimhq.com. And if you need to get a hold of us, we're on all the social media channels and you can even just call us at 844-CLAIM-84. Well, Galen Hare, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. I look forward to bringing you back on uh, many times before 2030 as we check in about the industry and uh, learn more again, insuranceclaimhq.com, a wealth of knowledge, lots of videos, lots of information. We've been chatting with Galen Hare. And we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Check my website, shalomkline.com, to listen to the past eight plus years of podcasts all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. I've been so excited for this conversation because I, I'm joined by a fellow host. 
here on AM560, and that's David Bolanos, who is a managing director of Wealth Management Group, and he is the host of Building America, which can be heard just an hour and a half before us here on Get Down to Business. Um, he's on AM560 at 4.30 p.m. on Sundays, and Building America has insightful conversations with business owners, big and small, helping to build American industry. I certainly agree with that goal. David Bolanos, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so exciting to have you. So I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Many of our listeners, no doubt, are very familiar with you. But do you mind introducing yourself to our audience here on Get Down to Business? Yeah, no problem. So um, I think the genesis of Building America was actually just me having a conversation with a friend uh, up in Michigan several years ago. And we were talking about work. And long story short, he had said, you know, why do you love your job so much? And I said, I love hearing people's stories um, of, you know, how they became successful. And he had kind of mentioned in passing, he's like, man, you should, you should find a way to highlight those stories. Uh, so one thing led to another, I kind of threw out this term, you know, building America. And he's like, that's it. That should be what you do. Um, and, you know, I had mentioned it then in passing to uh, some people at work and they said, you know, you might as well just go for it. So it started as, I'd like to share some stories for some friends and clients and, and people that I really respect. Uh, and then one thing led to another, and, and here we are today. Here you are indeed. And if I'm not mistaken, you are uh, you work with family. And so certainly you are you are managing director. You understand business. Not only do you get to the opportunity to uh, to to teach entrepreneurial skills through storytelling. Um, with fellow uh, Americans on the radio waves, um, but also you do it yourself. So tell us a little bit about your uh, background in business and how you became so passionate about entrepreneurship and small business. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, uh, it's a family business. I work with my brother. My sister-in-law works with us as well. Her brother works with us. My parents' next door neighbor works with us. I can go on and on, but um you know, we run one wealth management group based out of Inverness and Downers Grove, Illinois. Um, people come to us when they are looking to put everything together as it relates to retirement and legacy planning. Uh, and we're all defectors from some of the larger Wall Street firms. And I think at different times, we all kind of just recognize that despite the fact that we were doing good work there, we didn't want to be dictated to by what are now some of the larger banks out there. So we had left and, and we really wanted to craft our own story and our own model of, of how we get people retired and, and keep them retired. And at the end of the day, our business is not any different than any other American business. And, and there's one you know single point of emphasis is you just have to keep working at it, right? Um, there's no secret sauce. There's no video to watch on the internet that's going to make anybody successful. It's old fashioned sweat equity. Uh, and that's you know a lot of, we deal with a lot of what I call first generation wealth. Uh, at our firm where, uh, you know, people put in the years, they, they do what they're supposed to do and they wake up one day and they say, wow, I can't believe what I've done. And our job and the reason they enlist us is to make sure that we not only keep them successful, but that we make sure that the next generation prospers from, from their success. I'm chatting with David Milanis, Managing Director of Wealth Management Group and host of Building America. And David, I was about to uh, send people to your website and tell them that all the answers are there, that all the secrets are there. Um, but uh, until then, they just have to listen to uh, to Building America for to, to be inspired by amazing, amazing people that I know you host on the show. And I have to say, I was honored to be a guest just a couple of weeks ago on your program, and I know that you and I share a passion for uh, partnering, 
around good organizations. And I'm biased on this one, uh, being a service member that happens to be currently uh, deployed. Um, I know you partner with Hire Heroes USA, and you and uh, many of your colleagues are very passionate about supporting uh, U.S. Uh, military members, veterans, and spouses. So tell us just in general why you believe in being involved in community, wouldn't all of your efforts be better focused on just being in the office, supporting your clients, bringing in new clients, making money? Why do you, why are you so passionate about hosting a show, sharing advice and supporting philanthropically good organizations? Yeah. I don't have probably a good way to explain it other than uh, it's a passion of mine. Right. And it's not something uh, that I do, like you said, for for monetary reasons. It's just because I love the stories and I I want to help people become successful. And I, I want to help people that serve our country as an example and come back and have to transition into the private sector. And I want there to be you know a bridge for them to get back into that private sector. And the hardest thing, um, I'm sure you've heard this many times on your show, but business owners have a hard time finding people, right? I mean, that's that's an understatement in today's world. But if you can find someone with skill sets and discipline, I think that you can teach them um, the skills over time, but they've got to have the basics down. And I think, you know, um, different branches of the military certainly get you to have those basics down, to show up on time, to be respectful, and we can help with with all of the other stuff down the road. So it's I don't have a great answer for it other than I like doing it and my business has afforded me the luxury to be able to continue it. Well, I, I'm a firm believer, David, in um, you know paying it forward, and you certainly pay it forward in a big, big way uh, through Building America. And I do believe, and this is my advice to anybody tuning in, is that what you put in um, into the universe, I promise you, you will get many, many times in return. And I know, David, you are doing that, and uh, certainly your uh, your ability to support uh, great people, great organizations, and meet amazing people um, certainly uh, is is great for for what you're doing for the business community. So speaking of people, I want to dive into that a little bit more. You've hosted the show for how long now, David? I think we're going on about two years right now. Two years. Again, the show is called Building America. It's on a, on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. on this very station on AM 560. It's called Building America, and you've hosted some amazing people. So let's talk about it. What are some of the themes that people can expect if they tune in to AM 560 at 4.30 p.m. on a Sunday? Number one thing is almost all of the people that are on that show took a chance and left some certainty. So uh, most of most of the people on the show had nine to five jobs, decided that that wasn't the path for them and had a discussion with a friend or a colleague or a spouse and said, hey, look, I think there's a niche in the market. I can go out there and build a business, but I'm going to have to take several steps backwards in order to take you know, many steps forward. And, and those are the stories that I, I love to highlight. Um, you know, I, there's, I remember Vos Chocolate. So Vos Chocolate is a very popular chocolate brand in Chicago. It's now a global brand. They have stores in Asia now. I mean, she started making chocolate in her apartment in Wicker Park. And then all of a sudden now we have a global brand, right? So, I mean, those stories are stories that you sometimes see on TV and they don't seem real or attainable for the average person. But what I know is, is you can do it. Yes, it might take a little bit of luck, but that also means that you're prepared and you're putting yourselves in a position to be lucky. And and I love that. I also love when people talk about why they've become successful. 
And many people have told me, look, you know, my, my parents, you know, didn't uh, necessarily support me right away. They didn't have a lot of knowledge in the industry that I'm in, but what they showed me was that good work ethic will pay off. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to instill in my kids. And I don't know any other country in the world where you can kind of just change your mind at a whim, completely change your career path, and you have unlimited potential. I mean, you are the only person holding back. And, and that's why I love sharing those stories. I love it. I love it. And as you said earlier, uh, there's no secret sauce. Uh, there's no secret sauce that's putting the work in. So David, in our final minute remaining, I want to talk to you as an entrepreneur yourself. Um, certainly, I know um, you, like me, like to uh, storytell. So I want you to, uh, to just share what's that one tip, that one homework assignment, if you will, that you want to leave our listeners with uh, to work on in the week ahead um, that they can do to make their business better. I think spending time to work on the business, many, many business owners um, maybe have used the pandemic as a catalyst to spend some time on the business. But I think too many entrepreneurs out there um, get caught up in some of the day-to-day stuff. And if you have a team of people, um, it's so hard, but you have to take a step back and, and give them the ability to run things on their own so that you can start planning. Uh, I'm a big believer uh, as cheesy as it sounds and writing these things down, uh, it mm-hmm. does somehow work out in the end, as long as the goals are reasonable. Um, that's probably an important factor, but I think t- taking a step back, if you've hired these people, you must trust them, let them take the reins on some of these things so that mm-hmm. you can work on the business itself, as that's opposed great. to working in the business, because it's hard to make progress when mm-hmm. you spend your day to day with those very simple tasks. Well, I know our listeners can uh, can find you just an hour and a half earlier uh, on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. on uh, AM560. Uh, the show is called Building America. We've been chatting with David Milanos. And you can also visit the website, buildingamericanow.com, buildingamericanow.com for all the podcasts and great shows. David, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to having you back on real soon. Thanks for having me. Take care. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com, again, for all of your health insurance, affordable care act needs in 2022 and beyond. Speaking of beyond, do you want a new job this year? Well, I suspect that many people who are part of this, as we say, the great resignation, people are trying to consider how do you look for a new job of you might have reached that point where you're not happy in your current field. Maybe you want to make a career change. Maybe you're in the right field, but you want to pursue a job opportunity outside of your current company in an effort to boost your pay. So no matter your motivation for wanting a new job, now is actually a really good time to be looking. The U.S. labor market has 10.6 million jobs to fill. There's plenty of opportunity to swap your existing role for a new one. That said, if you're going to seek a new job, it pays to do so efficiently. I want to share some five tips for pulling off an effective job search. First is start early on in the year. And yes, we are still early on in the year. We're only in February. So pay to start applying now. Hiring budgets tend to open up at this time of year. So if you get moving soon, you may find more companies have the flexibility to meet your salary requirements. And make sure your resume is up to date. This might seem obvious, but if you haven't looked for a job in quite some time, your resume probably is pretty outdated. And if so, 
probably won't serve you very well. Review your resume thoroughly. Make sure it's highlighting your most recent responsibilities, accomplishments, skills. Or to put it in another way, if you're 10 years out of college, the fact that you've worked part-time at the bookstore during your studies is probably information that your resume no longer needs to highlight. So get it off. And I would recommend go to a resume writer. Uh, Chances are you are not the best in this line of work. And so you want to go to somebody, and there's many great resources that are available uh, that can help you, uh, including some free resources, by the way, at the library, perhaps, and some local organizations. So just Google resume assistance in your area, and you'll find it. Narrow down the position you're hoping to snag. This is a pet peeve for me and something I want to spend a minute talking about. Maybe you work in marketing and you're bored with your current role for a better job search. You need to figure out what you want your new job to entail. Don't seek out just a specific title. Make a list of the things you want to spend your days doing. Maybe it's market research. Maybe it's collaborating with advertising agencies. Knowing what you want your next job to look like will help you narrow down your choices. So again, I want to reiterate, don't just look for the uh, for for the general salary that you're looking for. Don't just look for a job title, but really take the time to do some soul searching and figure out who you are, who you are and what your dream job looks like. That'll make it easier to target, be specific with your resume and with your career search. And speaking of your career search, again, we mentioned salary a moment ago. You may want to snag a specific salary from a new job, one that allows you to easily manage your bills while giving you money left over to put in savings. It'll help to set an income goal so you know not to waste your time with lower paying jobs. That said, keep total compensation in mind when searching for jobs. It may be that specific opportunity arises that falls maybe $2,000 short of your target salary. But maybe, maybe the workplace benefits, they think free health insurance, might be more than enough to make up for that. So think about the full package and all of the benefits and all of the details that are involved when you are considering that, uh, that income goal and that salary that you're searching for. And now my favorite one, networking. Network as aggressively as possible. For every online job application that you submit, you can bet that there are numerous other candidates doing the exact same thing. To give yourself an edge, try networking your way into a new role. You might not know what that means. So let me explain. There's a company you want to work for. Reach out to your contacts on social media or sites like LinkedIn. Aim to get connected to a current employee who can potentially put your resume in front of a hiring manager. Similarly, putting the word out that you're seeking a new job could prompt people in your network to inform you of different opportunities. This could spare you countless hours of searching for jobs online. While looking for jobs can be time-consuming and challenging, now's a good time to be doing it based on the number of positions available. Use these tips to make the process of finding a job easier. With any luck, you'll soon be on your way to a great offer and a better job. So to reiterate, again, there's a couple of things that you could be doing to make sure that you're looking for a job in 2022 where the sky is the limit. So many opportunities are available. The first would be, again, start early. Just because you're thinking, oh, I don't need a new job until June or July. Now is the time to start your job search. And how do you start the job search? Make sure your resume is up to date. Make sure you don't have that job from your college years on your resume, on that portfolio. Narrow down the position that you're hoping to snag and make sure that you're looking not just at the job title, but also at the full 
package of what are the things that you are hoping to do? What are you good at? What do you perhaps not like about the job that you're in? Set an income goal. Do research on what your salary range should be based on your education. Network as aggressively as possible. As we just said, there's so many opportunities through using LinkedIn and so on. And I'll add one over here. And that is definitely, again, making sure that you've got, uh, that, that you're uh, getting involved in as many organizations as possible to make sure that you are paying it forward, not just looking for the jobs yourself, but also helping others as well. These are all things that will help you in your job search in 2022 and beyond. So I hope you find this helpful. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I uh, post all these tips on the website as well. So be sure to share it with a friend as well. Got to squeeze in a very quick break. When we return, I'll chat with marketing expert, Jim Rowe. Um, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I love talking to interesting people doing interesting things, and that's exactly what Jim Rowe is. Jim is an author and a marketing veteran of 45 years who started in market research after receiving a bachelor's in marketing from Fairfield University in Connecticut. He's worked with many, many, many organizations and has written books. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about here today. So Jim Rowe, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure to have you. So as I like to do with all of our guests, I like to get to know the person behind the microphone and behind the book, the books (laughs) of Get Your Ducks in a Row. Let's talk about it. Row, by the way, being R-O-W-E, exactly as your name. Jim, how did you get into all this line of work? Well, I, you know, as you mentioned, I was in the, in the marketing business. And one of the things about marketing is that it is, uh, and I love marketing, it is really a disciplined approach to problem solving. And you have to do that by thinking smart and being strategical and planning and being able to communicate well. And I noticed uh, I, uh, two other guys started a business back in 1990, an agency. And by around the mid 2000s, I noticed that uh, some of the newer grads that we were hiring, while we vetted well, they had good GPAs, they had good internships. I was struggling with some of their critical thinking and problem solving and particularly writing skills. So I started thinking about the book. And then, of course, you know, got busy. But when I retired in 2016, I started picking it up again. And the difference between then and now is that there is a lot of research and uh, not as much. And it's still below the uh, the radar. But I found three studies. And so the, the basic problem is that between 50 and 75% of the managers out there are rating recent grads' ability to critically think, uh, problem solve, and, and communicate, particularly in writing. They're, they're not being viewed as proficient. Yet 80% of the students view themselves as proficient. So you've got this enormous skills gap. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big problem. And uh, it seems to be that the reason for it, and so, you know, hence my books, but it seems to be, you know, you could say, oh, it's the colleges, all that stuff. It really, the educational system at the, um, you know, at the core, there's a lot of wonderful things that are being done. I'm not criticizing them, but it seems that, you know, in 2011, there was a report by the National uh, Report Card, and uh, they cover several areas. And I, I looked into writing. 
And I've always been a big believer that to write is to think. And uh, it seems that in eighth, 12th grade, 73% of the uh, students are not rated as being proficient at it. Uh, you get into freshmen, 60, and then by seniors, you still have 40% not being viewed as proficient at it. So I, I just don't think we're teaching it. And, and frankly, because if I think the computers and everything else in tech, um, there's not a lot of practice in writing. We're doing things very quickly. So I felt that there was an, uh, you know, uh, an obvious open need for this. And the impact on business is pretty bad as well. You've got uh, $400 billion being attributed to losses for corporations due to poor communication. And that's, biz- that's the money side of things. The other problem is, is that you've got all the, the people impact. You know, the stress goes up, the morale goes down, uh, people make mistakes, reputations are ruined. So, uh, and then companies have to spend billions, $3 billion on training folks. So I saw there was an opportunity to help people. Uh, I tell people um, I want them, I want to teach them how to rap. And they all look at me. And I, and I mean that as, you know, I want you to be uh, respected, to be admired and to be promoted. And to, and to do that, you need to know these two soft skills of being able to think critically and to be able to communicate, particularly in writing. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Jim Rowe, uh, a marketing veteran of 45 years and the author of a series of books called Get Your Ducks in a Row. And there's a little pun intended over there, R-O-W-E over there. Uh, book one, business writing and communication, teaching the 10-step formula to think write, present, and sell more effectively because we are all selling regardless of your line of work. And book two, learn the adapter method of strategic business communication. And Jim, I couldn't agree with you more in terms of the need that exists, but I want to touch on what you just mentioned, the skills gap, the skills gap. And you're talking, um, you're, we're, we're talking about something about this topic now in 2022, yeah. when, uh, when certainly things continue to evolve, as you said, communication changes. But are you seeing the skills gap getting getting even even wider now well it, it you know there aren't that many studies out there but i have been surprised i think yes is the answer um the studies that i've and these are big studies Payscale had sixty thousand managers uh insider higher ed uh the american association of colleges and universities and so i think Payscale was 2016 the other two have been since then these are these are big problems and you know if you speak to somebody anecdotally, you know, people that are in manager positions, they'll go, yeah, it's really bad. But there isn't not a, it's really kind of below the radar. So I, I do think it's getting worse because we're moving so quickly. And what I'm experiencing and what managers are telling me is that people are getting out of school and they're thinking they can just, you know, they email quickly, they tweet, they, they um, you know, text. There isn't that step back. You need to think about it and not a recognition of how important the communication is. Those are the, you know, managers have pushed the colleges to provide all of these hard skills. Um, but they are now saying that they'll take the ability to think critically and, and communicate well, these two soft skills as the most important things. They take that over the, some of the hard skills. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, in everything that I've done, it really is, like I said, everything is about selling. Everything is about communicating. And I have to plug, again, the books, get your ducks in a row. And I know that 
uh, $1 of every book is going to the National Writing Project. So you're trying to, uh, to fix this issue, not just with the skills, but also in putting money where your mouth is as well. Um, but speaking of skills, and we've got to squeeze in a very quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get into some of those particular skills, give everybody maybe a little bit of homework, something that they can do to, uh, to get better. Everybody can do it, regardless of uh, whether you're a recent college grad, you've been in the industry for 45 years, like our guest, Jim Rowe. So again, you're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Don't forget to download our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Get Down to Business. Again, don't touch that dial. Welcome back. I've been chatting with Jim Rowe, who has written some fantastic books on issues that I'm certainly very, very passionate about. And let's get your ducks in a row. We're talking about business communication. We're talking about problem-solving communication skills, something that he's been sharing some fascinating, fascinating uh, statistics in terms of the skills gap that exists. And uh, I should say that, again, a dollar from every book is going to the National Writing Project. So, Jim, thank you for that. I know you're a marketing veteran and author, and you have a lot of uh, tips to share. So, Jim, can you share a sort of the homework assignment, something that everybody should know as they move into the weeks and months ahead of 2022 of how they get better at their communication. Well, I, I think uh, the place to start, frankly, is is uh, uh, book one. And when I when I say that is uh, it is really all about in a and I was inspired by the the fable Who Moved My Cheese. So this is a book about ducks in business. This is a fable. And I took a very basic marketing uh, document, which is a marketing brief or a creative brief, and is 10 steps to it. And I could have made it a tweet. I could have made it a blog, but I decided to make it a book so that I could you know, provide some color around each one. And the steps are when you're starting a presentation, you, you know, you need to talk about who your audience is and what is the purpose? What are you trying to achieve? And so that's step one. The next is let's provide some background. What does this person, the audience know? So you need to be thinking about who you're speaking to. Um, after the background, you go into, okay, what are some of the problems that are facing? Now, it could be business or it could be an organization. What are some of the issues? From there, you say, okay, these are the things we want to accomplish. Uh, put a metric to it. So the objectives, uh, what are the objectives that we want to fix? And now the important one and the hardest is the strategy. Um, from a strategic standpoint, what do you suggest is going to be done that will fix these problems to achieve your objectives? The point after that is the rationale. Um, you know, why do should I believe that this is going to work and provide you all this money, uh, Mr. Marketing person or whoever you are as an executive? And then it goes on from there with the tactics, the uh, cost and ROI, the, the timing. And what I find is, is that I've been teaching this to young people for years. These 10 steps are very important, and it'll help you structure your thinking. It'll help you think on your feet. Um, you'll be able to, um, you know, solve problems and be able to communicate them quickly and clearly. So from a point standpoint, get those ducks in a row and go through those 10 steps. I love it. And I love the title. Again, get your ducks in a row. Uh, they're fascinating reads. Uh, book one on business running and communication. And number two, learn the adapter method of strategic business communication. So whether you are in your job search, whether you own your business, there's something there for you. So Jim, know that all of our listeners are nodding their heads vigorously. And I uh, certainly want to get a copy of the book and get in touch with you, my friend. So Jim Rowe, how can we, uh, how can we contact you? 
Well, the easiest way is to go to my website. It's Jim, Jim at, uh, it's jimrowmarketing.com. So, uh, J-I-M-R-O-W-E marketing.com. The uh, site is split into two sides, which is the agency that I work on. Uh, I have one client and that's all I want at the moment and uh, it's doing fine. And then I have the other side, which is the, uh, all about the books and you'll be able to find it. And if you go to the contact page, you'll be able to either get in touch with me or uh, be able to order the books through Amazon one at a time or I'm, I've got uh, discounts for bulk sales because communication is the oil that lubricates a business and no matter who you are, whether you're a grad, you need to be good at it. And that is one of the most important things you can do. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Well, I'm, uh, I'm very excited to stay in touch and hopefully share more uh, advice and expertise with our listeners. Thank you for sharing um, your expertise for sure. Uh, so again, Jim Rowe, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining us. And be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Marabali from HealthPlanChicago.com, HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance, affordable care act needs. And be sure to get on my website, ShalomPlan.com. That's where you can download the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and get on, get on your favorite podcast app, click subscribe, rate, review, and share. It makes it so much easier for people to find out about the many hundreds of amazing entrepreneurs and guests like our friend Jim Rowe over here who have joined us on Get Down to Business. So to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer. Have a great week ahead. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.